Well, welcome to the Eastern Baptist Association podcast. The EBA exists to encourage, connect, and support churches that are multiplying God's kingdom. Thanks for listening in. I'm Keith Meyer, and today I'm joined by Pastor Danny Guzman of Grace Baptist Church of Seaford. Happy to have you with us here, Danny. Uh, so glad to be here with you guys this morning. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Hey, today we're talking about um, making a missional move in ministry. And this is a, a phrase that I, I think I heard Pastor Larry use for the first time a couple of years ago about uh, people moving from one place to another to do uh, different kinds of ministry work. And, and this isn't um, a theoretical discussion for you. This is personal. Um, you're you're about to make a big missional move. And, uh, and so I thought it would be good to grab you and, and spend some time talking about it. Uh, Danny, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then and then we'll jump in to talking about what's coming for you. Uh, so a little bit about myself. You gave me just a few minutes to do that one. <laughs> um, so uh, I am 44 years old. I've been a ordained pastor for the last three years out here at Grace Seifert. Um, Prior to that, I, I've kind of been in dabbling in ministry off and on for about 20 years, but the last 10 years of ministry for me have been um, really dedicated years of ministry, faithful to the Lord. Um, and that started through getting in the recovery process. Uh, 10 years ago, I had a rock bottom in life and I found recovery through Celebrate Recovery and I found God through church at the same uh, place that the CR was. And I haven't looked back since um, in my recovery or in my relationship with God. Um, yeah, I have a beautiful wife, Jenna. Uh, we've been together 14 years, married 10. We just celebrated our 10 year anniversary uh, last month. We have three beautiful children, uh, two daughters, uh, Serenity and, and Isabella and almost two year old handful, Ezra. And, um, you know, we have a, a, a very... <laughs> very loving environment in our house, something that I didn't grow up with. And, uh, you know, currently, currently in ministry, I oversee at Grace, I oversee the recovery ministries and the family ministries. And, and everybody asks me what my title was all the time. And I tell them, I really don't know what my title is. I just kind of do right. all the things that the senior pastor doesn't want to do. So <laughs> I, I do a lot more than just the two titles that I have, but I can tell you that my, my heart and passion uh, has been recovery. Um, I've been a part of some really awesome things God has done on the shore in the last 10 years. Um, God used me and my family to start one of the largest teen recovery programs in the country uh, over the last 10 years. And we did that for about six years straight. And uh, it was powerful. We had like 75 to 85 middle school through high schoolers come in to work on recovery principles every week. It was wow. amazing. It was amazing. And and I can tell you that I've been up and down the East Coast uh, sharing my testimony and sharing recovery with people at different places. Um, and then even being out here at, at Grace, you know, when COVID hit, things got weird with recovery. People couldn't meet. There was all kinds of rules and guidelines and uh, God prompted me to rewrite an entire Christ-centered recovery program that could fit the needs of people when we weren't allowed to meet. And uh, I tell you, it, is, it has been uh, a phenomenal uh, adventure with God through, through ministry over the last several years. It's, it's been truly amazing, Keith. 
Recovery is one of those um, ministry terms that, uh, that that Christians use, right, to describe um, um, focusing in on and and, and dealing with uh, addictions, uh, life patterns, right, sins. Uh, how 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 would you describe recovery? Like, t- talk about that for a minute. What is it? What does recovery look like? So it's interesting you said Christians um, would identify that because Christians in general, in my experience, and not to not to downplay on Christians because I'm a Christian. I love my brothers sure. and sisters, but there's there's this misconception of recovery. A lot of times people think recovery is for those people. And when I say those people, they generally mean the addictions and the alcoholism. But what people don't realize that recovery is for uh, the addiction and the alcoholism, those are underlying or those are the, the outward symptoms of an underlying problem. Right. Mm-hmm. So so all of our all of our problems have roots. And, and this is where it comes in, where I tell everybody uh, that everybody in the congregation could be in recovery and work these principles and heal from it, because the, the, the problems that lead to these outward uh, signs Um, You know, things like the family hurt, being angry, food issues. I mean, there's abuse. There's there's uh, being abandoned. There's so many things like if you have high levels of stress in your life. I mean, if you take everyday life issues and you look at your everyday life issues, you can work the recovery principles to work through to become healthier in life and in ministry and all areas um, by working those principles, because, you know, we all have something we deal with. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you honestly, truthfully, even where I am today in my walk in recovery, I still get mad driving down the road with people. I sure stressed out. I still have anxiety and all these things, but what recovery does is it teaches you the healthy way to cope through these issues by sharing these issues with other people, sharing these issues with God and, and work in these principles daily. And it's not a path to perfection. It's, it's progress, right? It's to help mm. you. It's to help you learn and understand that these, this isn't the way you have to live your life, that you can find healing from those past things that are keeping you stuck there. And maybe you don't have a past trauma that you recognize, right? Because most of us have different things and patterns in life that have led us to the moments that we're in right now. And wow. so maybe it's not a trauma, but maybe there's a pattern, something that was displayed to you, something that you're doing that that you may need to adjust and course correct. I actually changed the term recovery in our new program because okay. recovery is a is a trigger word for people. I say recovery in church and everybody gets turned off. But huh. if I say the word restoration, everybody engages. And you know why that is, Keith? That's because. Everybody needs Jesus to restore their life. Mm. Jesus promises restoration a whole lot of times in scripture. God himself promises restoration if we but choose to follow him, believe in him and submit to him. And so the thought of, of being restored by Christ is a lot easier for people to accept this day and age. That's great. That's awesome. I, I have a friend who um, we were having a conversation on, on Monday and he was we, we were just talking about some of the things that you and I are, were just talking about. And he said uh, that one of the limitations that, um, that, that we run into in, in the contemporary church in the United States is we're, we're thinking in terms of, we, we say, okay, we acknowledge that we're all sinners. And then we, we say we are, we, we have this new identity as a saint in Jesus. And we're, we're trying to grow into 
um, holier saints. But what, what we don't often acknowledge is that we have all suffered in different ways. And so we're, we're both sinner and sufferer, which means that like what, what you were talking about is, is the idea that we may have motivations or struggles or emotions or, or battles that we're not entirely sure. Why, why do I act this way? Why do I feel this way? And, and it comes from things which, which have happened around us. And, and so the, the idea of how do we reconcile our, our suffering and our struggles wisely, right? How do we, how do we learn to live with wisdom? Um, that's, I, I think that is, um, that's the essence of recovery, right? Is is like how do I how do I face trials and struggles and difficulties without lapsing into um, in, into behavior that's that's not good for me, it's not good for my family, not good for people around me. Like how do I how do I avoid doing things that harm me and harm others? Um, super interesting. I tell, uh, I tell I tell everybody this, Keith. You can't fix a problem by saying it ain't there. Right. Deni denial is the fiercest enemy that we face as the church today for multitudes of reasons. Mm, just ignoring ignoring the reality of of uh, the um, the perhaps the suffering in our pews, ignoring the the reality of 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 our own limitations. Um, mm -hmm. Denial. Wow. Um, so that's. This this discussion of recovery does tie into uh, what we're going to talk about about your your missional move here. Um, yeah. Tell me tell me about your missions trips to Puerto Rico and uh, and what you're planning on doing in the future. So, mission trips to Puerto Rico started about a year and a half ago. Uh, we had the hurricane came through, kind of devastated Puerto Rico. This was like the second one in a couple of years. Um, so we, we, we have a church partner, One Church Camarillo, down in Camarillo, Puerto Rico. It's about 45 minutes south of San Juan. Um, and and uh, so our church partner, Pastor Jorge, down there, he, he, we called him to see how they were doing with all the damage and things that were done. Uh, and he had said that he needed help. He said Camarillo was, was slammed really hard and people were desperate for help. So we went down in October of 22. Uh, we took about 10 people down there and we went down to do disaster relief at the time because that's another passion of mine. Um, yeah. Because I'm a 30 year carpenter. I was like, I can go rebuild stuff. And so we went down there with that team and we got down there and um, in all truthful, I just fell in love with the area and the people and, and the pastor and the church. And like, um, mm. you know, what was amazing to me when I got there on that first trip was I heard nobody complain about nothing. Everybody jumped in and helped each other. Like everybody was like open arm hugging everybody. And it was, you could just feel the love of the people there. And I mean, Keith, it wasn't just at the church. We're out in the community and seeing, seeing our, seeing Pastor Jorge stop and talk to everyone getting out and hug. I mean, we'd be in the middle of the road blocking traffic. He'd get out and hug. Wow. Somebody. <laughs> I mean, that's the connection that I saw being yeah. displayed and it just, it blew my mind. And, um, so we went down there. We did quite a bit of work for disaster relief in that week. And um, it, it just had a it, it tugged on my heart something fierce. I remember coming home from that first trip and I was just like, man, we got to go back. Um, I, I felt God stirring up something in my heart, you know, and I'd always been kind of like a, a local boy. Uh, I never really wanted to go across any bodies of water or do any missions foreignly because I was always like, there's a lot to do here at home and nobody's doing it here at home. Everybody's always running across. 
And so it was out of my comfort zone, you know? Yeah. But I'm glad yeah. I went on that trip because it drew, it drew my heart. And uh, it drew my heart so much that when I came home, I got together with uh, my lead pastor and our team. And I said, hey, look, I feel like we should go back down and it should be relatively quick turnaround to go back down because I was drawn so fiercely to what was happening there. And uh, so I, I took the lead on the next mission trip, which would be March of this year, um, 2023. We okay. scheduled another team to go down. Um, and when we went down this time, I, I felt different. I still felt the same love and all the same connections, but God was speaking to me a little bit more fiercely this time. I was uh, because I was the lead. I got to drive around with Pastor Jorge a lot more. And when you're down there, um, you go to like he goes to all these like lo little local spots. A lot of the local spots, for the food. Uh, for the okay. And so a lot of these local spots are like restaurants slash bars, and they're like little tiki huts. I mean, they're tiny, man, but they're on every corner. So as I'm getting to go around to all these different bars to get food for our team, I get to engage with the people at all these places with Pastor Jorge. And by the third day, I start sensing God say, if they had a way out, they'd take it. And I had no idea what, what God was saying to me with that. I had no clue what he meant at first. But so continuing to drive around on that third day, I started asking Pastor Jorge, I was like, hey, what kind of recovery programs do you all have around here? And he had he had started talking to me and let me know that Camarillo itself had no recovery programs. He he wasn't even aware that there was any CRs on the island, Celebrate Recoveries, which I Googled and found there's two um, okay. relatively new. Um, he said there's a couple of rehabilitation facilities on the island, but they're very corrupt. Um, you know, there's people that work at the facilities that are literally selling the, the patients drugs. And wow. So he told me that there wasn't much hope for people to have recovery. And that's when the light bulb clicked. I knew God was saying if they had a way out as if they had a Christ centered program they could go to, they would choose that option. That's what I sensed God telling me by the end of that third day. Wow. And so at the end of that third day, what was interesting is I called home to talk to my wife. And before I had even said nothing, I hadn't shared any information with her that God had said anything to me. The first thing she says is, when are we moving? <laughs> And that took me back. Wow. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, Lord, have you already spoke to my wife? And so I told her just, you know, we talk when I came home more about what I'm sensing. And, um, you know, we finish out the mission trip for the week there. It's phenomenal that I'm, I'm feeling so compelled by the end of it that I pull Pastor Jorge and his wife, Rebecca, aside. And I, I just had to lay out, lay out my heart for them. I had to tell them like God was telling me that I needed to be here and I needed to help, like that I was drawn to the people here and I was drawn to this town specifically, like my heart is burdened for them. And that's where they had told me um, that they had been praying for somebody to come pick up this mantle in their area, that's, that God would provide the right person to help with this kind of ministry. And they said that not only do they want to have a Christ-centered recovery program at their church, but they want to start a Christ-centered rehabilitation center where wow. people become get inpatient recovery and also want to turn it into not just a recovery facility, but a pregnancy center for all the young ladies down there struggling with childbirth and, and getting to childbirth and all the things. Right. And, uh, man, that struck another chord in my heart because I'm like, I'm a gifted builder. Like I could come down, I could set up for mission teams to come down. I could help structure the program. I can train leaders. Like God just started flooding this vision into me. So I get back from the mission trip and me and my wife, 
have our initial conversation. I told her, I said, look, here's what I'm feeling, but I don't want to just go on a feeling. I said, let's enter into a season of prayer and uh, let's, let's talk, let, let's talk after like two or three weeks. Let's pray that, that to see what God's will is. And I had my wife uh, reading scripture with me. We were uh, reading through James chapter four, verse 13 through 17, where it says, you know, who am I to go say, I'm going to go here for a year or, or this time and make this money and do all these things, right? I need to submit to the Lord's will. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, at this point, but sure, most of you will understand that scripture as soon as you hear that. Um, <clears throat> so we're praying over that scripture and we come back together after about, it was somewhere in between two and three weeks. And both of us had heard God say, uh, you need to go. And wow. so at that particular moment, I turned around and I booked uh, fl a flight for my entire family to go down because I only thought it fair to take my family down to experience the culture before we make a, a missional move. <laughs> um, mm. You know, I told I told Pastor Jorge, we went down, I told Pastor Jorge, look, we're all in. We're about this. We're going to do it. And um when, my, when we were down there as a family, my, my wife sensed the why behind it. Like she got to experience the people and see the need. And she come back just as convicted as I was that we're making the right move. And so over over the last uh, several months, we just continued to pray and continue to build those conversations with Pastor Jorge and the church and have been trying to, to work out some more logistical details. Uh, we went down and put two offers on two different homes while we were down there. So um, you know, we were very fortunate through all this time, Keith, because God had blessed us in some some awesome financial areas of our life, allowed us to come, become completely debt free. Um, and he it so much so the blessings left about twenty thousand dollars for us to still invest into this move. And that's our plan. Wow. Wow. Um, that's that's awesome. You gave uh, I, I think you, you took us end to end right from first trip to to yeah. to walking walking through up to where where you are right now which is which is fantastic um and that's the appreciated version yeah 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 <laughs> two things i wanted to uh, to draw out of what you just said I, I think that um what's what's really interesting to me there's a um a, a pastor named uh fred beekner and and what he one of the quotes that gets tossed around by him quite a bit is it's he says where your deep gladness meets with the deep hunger of the world there you find a further calling and and i i look at your trajectory over the last couple of years right the building uh the working in in disaster relief which sometimes they call it recovery work don't they mm -hmm. like they yeah. use that code and yeah. so you've got you've got recovery and recovery and you're down there doing this this work this mission work and discover that they have a great need for the other mission work that you do. I, th I think just that that extended calling is really um, it's really just it's uh, it's so encouraging to see that to see that emerge. Um, the other the other thing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that your the first trip down there um, was the the trip that we we did with the other association, right? Yeah, um, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. It, and and so uh, that also plays a bit into the vision, I think, of 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 where I see uh, the the association and our state convention. Uh, one of the things that you're talking about is is receiving teams from churches or receiving missions trips, like getting other people invested. And um, 
you're not going to do this work alone. No, you're, not at all. It, it, it is, um, it, it's a work that is going to require an intense amount of cooperation with, with other people in order for it to, to go forward. What, what are some of the things that you think um, that other churches, other teams, um, individuals can, um, how, how can they come alongside and help what you're, what you're planning on doing? There's, there's going to be a ton of ways, and this is something that's going to be fluid and develop as time progresses as well. Like once, once I'm boots on the ground, things will really shift and open up. Um, but I can tell you, like, God is definitely going to, to leverage the relationships that I've established here. Like I'm depending on you all, like more right. than you even know at this moment. Um, you know, but there, there will be the ability for, for teams to come down, um, to, to help with building the facility. Um, you know, there's going to be all kinds of stages of construction that'll happen inside of there. There'll be all kinds of opportunities. If you want to come and, and help with the recovery program, like they're there, you know, here's, here's the one thing we're always short of, especially when it comes to the recovery program is live testimonies, getting people that have walked through recovery and are sound in their recovery to come down and share and different things like that. Um, not to mention, not to mention that there are like there are so many different needs from all the rebuild recovery rebuilds, um, the the recovery program. There's a special needs home down there that's literally like ten blocks away from the church that is always looking for volunteers. Um, Pastor Jorge, he's he's got such a heart for his community. There's so much going on. There's local partnerships down there with the church, um, that with the schools that you can um, come. There's projects at the schools to be done. You can come down and teach the kids different. Uh, different skills and things. One of the things they asked me to do when I was there, you see there's graffiti behind me. I, they, they won't be able to yeah. see it on the, on the, on the audio, but one of the things they wanted me to do is come down and teach kids how to do graffiti. <laughs> like it was weird. Um, nice. but there's, you can use all your gifts and abilities when you're down there. Like there are so many ways that are open for people to come and, and to help. And what I can tell you, um, what I can tell you is, is there's no shortage of opportunity to use any of your giftings. You don't have to be skilled in any area. All you have to have is a willing heart, willing to open up to what God may do through you. And, and we can put that to use. I mean, Pastor Jorge's always got uh, clothing drives at the church, laundry, washing. I mean, the, every practical way that you can think of that you can serve here at home, it's happening down there. Um, so there's... Wow. There's all kinds of opportunities. And when you come down there, the church houses you in the church. We have all we have separate buildings for men and women. There's showers on site, like all, all the things are provided as far as where you would go and all the things we even, we would even pick you up from the airport. All those things take you around um, and, and to be able to make it happen um, at, at this particular time. There's uh, if you want to learn more, you can look up One Church Camarillo. They they they. Um, I don't know that they necessarily have a, um, a website yet because they're still a young church and, and they're uh, they're limited in what they can do. But I know they have a Facebook. Uh, you can go on Facebook and you can check out One Church Camarillo. They'll pop right up. Um, if you want to learn more about uh, mine and my family's story, uh, you can go to my Facebook page. Uh, it's Daniel Guzman. Um, you can find me on there. My my story if you just scroll on my page and I'll probably pin it to it later today, um, that way it's at the top. But if you go on there, my complete story of, of 
how we landed for Camarillo in depth is on there. We also have a uh, give, send, go um, campaign. It's called the Guzman's uh, answering the missional call to Camarillo, Puerto Rico. The full story is on there as well. I'll be uh, posting updates as we go along. Um, awesome. But if you if you go if you go on my page, you'll see a lot. I'm uh, getting ready today to record another another video where I'm going to share a little bit more of my personal testimony to kind of let people know how God has equipped me for this call. Um, and I, I will be constantly posting on there updates about the church, updates about us and where we're at and all the things, because the one thing I've learned is it's important to, to share all these things with people. That's I right. Mean, That's right. You know, the, yep. the reality is, is, you know, I mentioned we had uh, $20,000 of our own money to invest into this. That is about a quarter of what we need to pull off a two-year mission trip because that's what we're looking to do is two years missionally where I don't have to like actually work a regular job so I can focus right. on the country while we're there. Um, that's the dream, but I'm also willing to continue to work if I need to, you know? So sure, uh, you can yeah. support us through the gifts and go. You can reach out directly to me and however we need to work it out, we can work it out. But as of right now, gifts and go is our only way of... Um, tracking uh, donations and stuff so well we're gonna put links in i'll, I'll put links in the show notes to uh, one church camarillo's facebook to your facebook and we'll also link the gifts and go campaign so that um you know anybody who wants to follow up can certainly um they just they just click and and they go um hey i want to pray for you and for your family and um and then we're gonna uh, we're going to close out, but uh, I, I thank you for giving us your time. And uh, this is an exciting, um, it's an extension of, of of the ministry that our churches are already involved in, right? Um, we met Jorge as a, um, a North American Mission Board church planter with the, with the SEND network, right? Puerto Rico is part of the United States, and so he's yep. not an international missionary and um and so we met him a couple years back and i believe it was 2018 he came and uh so this is just steps forward in 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 the ways in which we cooperate together uh okay. to 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 take the gospel which is not just good news uh for forgiveness of sin it's also good news that there's relief from all kinds of suffering right amen yeah well hey let me pray for you and uh and i'm going to close out Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's awesome. Father, I thank you for the grace that you've shown to uh, to Danny. And I thank you for, for Jenna. And I thank you for the kids. And pray that, that you, Lord, would preserve and confirm their calling. We pray that you will supply all of their needs. We know that uh, that, that promise was given, that Paul said that, that God, you would supply all of, of the needs of, of those who gave to support the mission, those who gave to send Paul and to support him while he was doing his work, Lord. And so we know that while we're engaged in extending the work of spreading the kingdom, uh, wherever it is that you desire to take it, we know that that we have the assurance that you're gonna that you're gonna uh, supply what we need and so father i just i pray for one church camarillo and and for the work that the guzmans are going to do we just we thank you for the grace of this calling we pray that you'd further encourage this work lord give them the partners that they need and uh, sustain them through the highs and the lows we thank you 
for all the ways in which you're working in their lives. And we pray that, that you would draw us further into your work as we seek to do the same. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for listening to the Eastern Baptist Association podcast. Uh, you can visit us on the web at easternbaptists.com and join our online community there. And we look forward to seeing you in the future. God bless you.